0: Greetings and welcome to Bombadil's Porch. This is a cold intro since I just found out I'm introing us today, but is that's it, all right. Is
1: it ever not a cold intro for us? It
0: used to be scripted years ago. Yeah, we had scripts. I love how Chris the did it I'm he's not like, sure about.
2: I love how Chris did it too. He's like, Caleb, you're going to intro us. And the moment you
0: started to protest, he's like, shh, and starts doing this <laughs> the the countdown. countdown. I know. It's great. Gotta do we, what you got to do. Well, I'm Caleb Clance together with Chris Martin and Nate Larmore. If you're Former listening, you know that. companions. That's right. <laughs> that's right. I'm about
1: ready to leave. <laughs> you are about ready to leave. You got things to do. They're ripping your roof off your house.
0: No, they're starting really? to rebuild it tomorrow. Yeah, what happened? not my house. No, just oh, the that's right, uh, your just patio.
2: The, the, the porch. Oh, okay, the, I thought maybe someone. His actual porch. I know a car came through your back fence from yeah, the coffee that, shop. Yeah. But you were saved. The house was saved by a train. Yeah, yes. and I was hoping that like a a second vehicle had yeah.
0: f- f- made its way yeah, by yeah.
2: past the ducks, past the chickens. <laughs> yes, if
0: you can somehow always be an insurance claim, it's perfect, right? Isn't that lots right. of improvements, <laughs> to the house. renovation strategy? It's right. Yes. I do like your
2: fence. Very nice. <laughs> but if the nice neighbor to drive
0: through there's. the right place, they might be able to can he, can he go down and hit the furnace no just <laughs> Oof. yeah that'll be your insurance claim right that's a, yeah. a big
1: claim the, house yeah.
2: hit, the car hit the back corner of the house but the front driveway has been cracked and uh the front <laughs> sidewalk needs to be replaced that's it's right even... uh, it's related it's related <laughs> somehow must be <laughs> uh, yeah no uh, i'm sorry we have int- we have interrupted your your wonderful intro, intro. yes
0: i didn't have a wonderful intro you were on a roll yeah you were rolling what was that rolling? Yep. Now rolling, what? Rolling, rolling, rolling. And then we're going to talk about things. I don't even remember what we decided we were going to talk about because there's so many cool things we were looking at. Yeah, you get to pick one. I get to pick one. We have our schmuck oh, board of things we want
1: to talk about. Well, we oh, talked oh, about no. the black, black hole, yeah. but we weren't going to do the black hole. Yeah, we're not doing that's the black right. hole.
0: Look up the Milky Way's black hole. It's kind of a cool picture that's been put it together is, by some fuzzy crazy to me.
1: telescope. It's a, uh, yep, the glowy fuzzy. donut that may or may not reveal the black hole that may or may not be at the center of our galaxy.
2: Am I the only one that's often let down by wonderful telescopic pictures like some of them Mm -hmm. are incredible but a lot of them like the big headline and then you're scrolling down through it you're like okay the science part yeah I just want to see the picture and then it's like a fuzzy
1: donut well and they Mm -hmm. also like set you up because the the cover art will be an artistic rendition yeah. and so it'll be like some super cool colored uh, sharp as attack image with an alien ship right. in the background and then you scroll mm-hmm. down and it's like one blurry
2: white pixel right. mm-hmm. <laughs> I always, yeah, the artist, the artist rendering is always, it. this is true everywhere, right? Even with uh, the building industry, yeah, art fizz the architects have their, yeah. their rendering and you're like, wow, this building looks amazing. And then of course you go to the actual building and it's a boring office building. <laughs> Sorry, we have interrupted you yet again. Can you yes, up? continue.
0: Mm. I'm uh, looking up there. We know one thing we're not talking about now. We're good. not talking about that. Yep. And and Nate was threatening to get me to try and talk about vaccines. I told him that was so last year. That was well, so. Well, I was mm-hmm. trying to get so, you excited. So, so, so 2021. <laughs> you, know, you seem tired. I <laughs> want to get your blood get pressure going. going. I know. So I'm like, vaccine, vaccine, vaccine. Yeah, put some jab uh, in your chip. Uh, jab in my chip. Oh, chip jab. Maybe I should I should subscribe <laughs> to that again to do two videos. Isn't that amazing? Or whatever like,
2: I did. Certain people, all they, not, not saying this was you, but out there in society, all mm. they could talk about for two years was. Mask or no mask, vaccine, no vaccine, Mm. uh, government infringement or no government infringement. And then, like, all of a sudden it's gone.
1: And I think those people probably have nothing to talk about. They're looking for new subjects. Looking for some music for uh, a slideshow last night. And Azumi was looking around different YouTube videos. And she came across a YouTube video of the Army band, like our Army's, Hmm. I would call it Army National Band. (laughs) I don't know. The Army's Band. Oh, okay. Yeah. Doing uh, the theme song from Mandalorian. Oh. And so they had six guys playing woodwinds, these big, beautiful woodwind instruments, through holes in their mask. Like they still had them all oh, wearing man. masks, and then these big wooden tubes shoved through their little mask yeah. holes. Did they? And it have was just so sad because that makes zero sense.
2: Did they have a second mask on the end of the instrument? Like, <laughs> <laughs> try to figure yeah. out what was the point of the mask around your face if you're blowing all <laughs> optics? It's all yeah. optics.
1: Uh, we s- love optics, and have- then they were all spaced out. And they panned over to the rest of the orchestra that are all crammed into an orchestral (laughs) pit. But the guy's on the stage, masked and distanced. (laughs) Oh, Oh, goodness gracious. That
2: reminds me, there was a school, I think in Tri-Cities or Yakima, somewhere over there. There were pictures that came out. And it was like, the article was, I think, meant to be complimentary of the creativity. And it was just a total, (laughs) you know, jump the shark. The kids were in these little... Plastic tents. <laughs> I remember seeing that. Remember the picture of the kid with the yeah, tuba? Like this poor sap, yep, just poor completely guy. contorted, mm-hmm. trying to
0: play his <laughs> instrument
1: inside this plastic tent.
0: It's ridiculous. Did you know that I had
1: to have looked hilarious live because of how much air goes through that instrument? <laughs> that whole tent was. Good. <laughs> oh, that would have been fantastic. Oh, that poor kid. He's
2: probably in therapy now. Yeah, if he survived oxygen deprivation. Caleb, have you figured out what we're going to talk about, we're yep, just fantastic. we're just filling space. Well, you over know, here. I was
0: looking up there. I did not see the word ivermectin on the headline of one of our yeah. uh, Ooh, one of our topics we we're talking about. Yeah, you know. Yes. 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 The ad. The,
1: the excuse me. The number of things that God has set up ahead of time, just so that the punchline lands in a hilarious, if not also tragic way, has been amazing in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And this is one of them. Now, ivermectin, a little background here. Yes, because well, it's not actually an article about ivermectin, but it right. harkens back.
2: But no one knew what ivermectin was <laughs> until a few months, maybe last year. When right. Did, when was there, there were headlines about and this. Nobody else had the medical community because right. it's an old
1: drug.
0: It's been around forever. Or it, what was it? I mean, treating with malaria. No. What did they use it for? Maybe malaria. Yeah, it's, I'm been trying treat, to remember it's been now. used for treating things in the past. I, I think we used to, I mean, I don't know that we took it in Bolivia, but I think for people you take take it in third world
1: countries, especially. Yeah. It's, a, yeah it's, an, it's an anti-parasitic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's used and around a, the world. A probably, variety of uses. It.
2: Some humans, some other, bu- like mm-hmm. horses, I think, they, were, they use this for something, mm-hmm. maybe same thing, like yeah. deal with parasites.
1: Right. That's okay. why it was pitched as a horse dewormer. Well, it's just like a living thing dewormer that mm-hmm. the guy who had invented it got a Nobel Prize for. So. I bet that's yeah. fun to talk about at cocktail parties. <laughs> what
2: guy. did you get you, your
1: Nobel for? Do you want to hear about de-wormer? my research? Mm. <laughs> You want to see pictures? God, Look guys, at all these worms I dewormed. Nobody invites him nope. anymore. Nope.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so this got some press last year because some celebrity types that, that had been, I think the setup was, right? Was it maybe Joe Rogan? Now that, now that we're talking about this, the, the memory banks are slowly clicking. Probably wrong, too. Um, but we'll let Caleb, our, our, our instant what? access to Google, Google this for Google us. Google which one? So um, Ivermectin. I think it was Joe Rogan. Yeah. who the only reason anybody cared whether Joe Rogan used ivermectin and various other things or not was because he had been somewhat critical of vaccine policy, as I recall. And so he didn't tow the government line or the the kind of the more liberal line of go get it. He was a little more uh, cautious, Mm -hmm. I think.
1: Yeah, and he was sort of a focal point of a larger movement that was concerned about um, therapeutic approaches to COVID and and treating it. And there's, you know... Everything from conspiracy theory to just, well, what about this? You know, and so, th- yeah. but anything that was not the only thing that can save us is this jab was From, for from these companies. Right. was <laughs> verboten. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, and legally, it was also a bit precarious because if there were any effective therapeutics, they could not have actually um, been able to approve a new vaccine. Mm-hmm. So he
2: took That's right. under, as I recall, under the guidance of his physician, mm-hmm. took a variety of treatments when he caught COVID. And I think the left, as I recall, was delighted when he caught COVID, which is kind <laughs> of ironic because
1: he's going to die. Oh, I didn't die. No, oh, no. If,
2: if you have the vaccine, you get COVID. I've had the vaccine a long time and I've I've had COVID. So so he got COVID, they were delighted, but in his treatment that his physician advised, part of that was ivermectin.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: the left seized on that and said, ha ha, yeah. what an idiot, you're taking horse
1: dewormer, you fool. Right. Okay. And you and anybody else in the country who would look into such things, I think that was one of the therapeutics that Florida under DeSantis was investing in and, and, and uh, supporting, and supporting remember correctly. And so that became also a big headline thing because they were blocking, I believe, shipments of ivermectin to Florida or something like that, you know, and, um, and the just, silliness it, of our time—it became petty.
2: Like this wasn't that long ago, <laughs> yeah. And it sounds absolutely stupid now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that treat certain treatments because certain states that vote a certain way liked those treatments. Mm-hmm. Other states that voted a different way were like, "Oh, that's foolish." Right. Okay, so that's ivermectin. But, but the, the, background. Setup, yeah, this, the yeah. That's the key
1: factor. That setup are. A drug designed as a human anti-parasitic that was also used mm-hmm. as a horse anti-parasitic yes. was roundly condemned by all those in the know it was a horse uh, drag- because you're using a horse dewormer instead of our super uh, spiffy thing. And who would use horse medicine on a human? Oh, I bet The View had so, a field day with that. Oh, okay. The so there's there, the sure serve. All right. <laughs> and then the other shoe drops. And this just dropped recently, Caleb. What do, what do we have here? Yeah, this was uh, all coming out in the wake of the Roe v. Wade leak.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, yes. So yeah. just in the last we week about that two. last week. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so May 4th was when this particular article came out, uh, but it was all in the wake of that. Yeah. So ivermectin has
0: now hit the headlines yet again. Okay. It's a different medicine. It's not ivermectin. Yes. So this says, after ivermectin freak out, left pushes horse meds. For DIY abortions. Okay, I yeah. see. So we're not talking about a human
1: drug that can be used for horses. We're talking about advice widely circling on the, circulating on the internet for women to go and purchase horse medicine for horses. Like it's only, it is only meant to be used as an ulcer anti ulcer drug for horses. Well, wow. but if you take it in, in certain quantities, uh, you can. Uh, induce a chemical abortion with it. And so they're saying you can run out in your evil Republican state if it's made illegal and stock up on all of this horse ulcer medicine so that you can induce your own chemical abortions if and when you feel you need to. My guess is that... Oh, okay. <laughs> to, I don't even know where to start here. So I think this is one of those that stands on its own. <laughs> they don't, this one doesn't need like... Just you know, really top level teardowns to see. Uh, yes, and how it, sad it is. It, it is terrible.
2: It yeah. is terrible. Uh, um, the other thing is, like this, this decision that got leaked out of SCOTUS, a, a draft memo of what they believe the decision will be. I think when it com- it's supposed to come out next month. The um, it doesn't actually ban abortion, so that's the other the first part of this. I don't get. Like, why would you need to go get this? pill for horses. Um, but uh, I guess it depends what state you live in, right? Mm-hmm. So so leftists are now pushing that uh, if if you needed to, you could go get this horse stuff, designed for horses, created for horses, and that you could do a
1: do-it-yourself abortion <laughs> with it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. And it's, it's sad. This particular drug has been used in the past um, and explored for abortions and things, but Uh, It had some pretty nasty side effects, especially since um, during labor that can cause a torn uterus, severe bleeding, hysterectomy, death of the mother or baby. (laughs) So Mm. um, it wasn't until, as this article notes, the Biden administration uh, began to put pressure for mail order abortion options to become legal without having to visit a doctor of any kind that they actually lifted all the restrictions that had been placed on this drug. Mm. And now they can be widely accessed through uh, your local uh, farm medicine supply farm medicine yeah so uh, the the concern over people 's equestrian medications turns out to have not been actually about equestrian medications. <laughs> it has to do with desired outcomes well and
2: and who and what you 've said before, whether or not we agree with you, so I think again <laughs> just the stupidity of our time. Um, if Caleb once said something about a mm-hmm. uh, an issue that I disagree with, now I get to burn down everything he ever says. Right. Um, and and no matter. Let's do it. Yes, let's do it. All right, great. <laughs> <laughs> well, Caleb, that was a good one. You 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 set us you set us in an interesting direction there with the with the the non ivermectin
1: ivermectin story. Mm, yes, exactly.
0: Yep. There we go. Which leads us with horses to the 2022 <laughs> Kentucky Derby winner. Look at that. This guy's good. Oh, that good. was a transition. We ought to put him in charge of every know. show. <laughs> yeah, that was well done. I'm, I'm just, just looking at your board here and yeah, picking was, stuff out. I don't there know. you go.
1: Yeah. No, that's. Was well, that one of the ones we wanted to talk about or not? We can. It was fascinating. Yeah. And um, I, I The I, Kentucky Richie, Derby.
0: Yeah. Rich, rich winner. What's his name? Rich, rich strike.
1: Yeah. Now, I remember as a kid, I went through a huge horse phase. I loved reading Black Stallion. Um, and... Oh. um and a bunch of those old series about horses, uh, Black Beauty. Uh, and and I, I confess my, my concept, my, my notion of the Kentucky Derby uh, was, was, very, was very glorified in my imagination. When I first watched an, an actual Kentucky Derby <laughs> on television, I was like, oh, okay, they're running and we're done. And oh, that's it. Wait, <laughs> hold on. There was like three chapters in the book on this race, one took... chapter dedicated to each leg. I didn't realize till now it was like running in one circle. 90 seconds or <laughs> yes, whatever it exactly is. Exactly. The... <laughs> um, so yeah, it, it's an interesting, it's an interesting race. It's an interesting culture, the whole mm-hmm. horse racing culture and the place that it's held in sort of the, the cultural mythos of, of America and, and other places. It's the last kind of sport vestige that feels distinctly British in some very mm. very specific way everyone dresses up that's a big yeah. thing right we oh, oh, yeah. had
0: yeah, yeah,
2: gotta wear hats. gotta mm. have the hats. have you guys been I, I've been I've never. never been to a race but I've been Nor to the, have I. been to the the area the track yeah and they've Ooh, got yeah, some interesting I stuff there they've got like man-of-war which is funny because now I live in this the corner of uh, oh. Well, oh I can't give the yeah, yeah. address wow. people will <laughs> come find f- me but you so. <laughs> can figure half of it out <laughs> <laughs> they've got Man o war uh, they've got a big like a life size <laughs> statue of this horse and it is incredible hmm. the size of these things the other thing that was most notable when I was there was um, on the palatial grounds surrounding um, the the uh, the track they they have. Marked out on this really long, broad walkway, the the length of the strides of these famous horses at top speed, hmm. and like a single stride for I don't know if it was Man of War or Secretariat or one, one of was, these. There was a movie about one of these too. Yeah a uh, biscuit eater or something like sea that. Biscuit. Sea biscuit. Thank you. And uh <laughs> now they you, know, you knew they, that didn't you they're going to make it eater. You know Rich Rich Strike is going to get a movie. Don't ruin my material, oh, no. Chris. Uh, 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 but they they had this stride and it was incredible like at, at full gallop um the distance between like where, where his feet would touch hmm. and then, so- I mean, I forget what it was like 50, 60 feet or something at full stride. Whoa. So the power of these things is pretty, pretty amazing, yeah. but yeah, much ado about not nothing, but much ado about a very short period of time. This, this right. race mm-hmm. is not and a long race.
1: How many millions and I don't know, potentially even well, probably at least tens of millions, tens. I would imagine. And betting mm-hmm. and whatnot. Uh, yeah, between the betting and all the things that go into these these races, just how much uh, investment there is in this. And, and this year's Kentucky Derby had a fun turnout in that mm. uh, there was an 80-to-1 long shot, the last in the pack, uh, mm. who ends up coming back to win it at the very end. Uh, making it the second biggest upset in the history of the Kentucky Derby, which has been going on mm. for 148 years now. You have to go back to 1913 to find a longer odd wow. uh, victory wow. uh, with old Donna rail. Now, because we're good Christians, we don't
2: know anything about gambling or odds, uh, but uh, I can do a little math. So 80 to one, if I put a thousand dollars down. Are odds sinful? Um, they shouldn't be, but. <laughs> but I was well informed that horse racing is heathen. And, I think uh, I went to a horse race, and race so it's playing cards. Be-
1: betting, <laughs> betting on the horse races. <laughs> but 80 to
2: 1. So if I put a thousand bucks down, I won 80 grand on this win. Is that how it works? Some
1: people made a lot of money. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yep. So if you, if you had put money down on the, on the, the slowest horse, now it would be interesting to figure out if you did the math, if, uh, So we've got two, two winners now in the last 148 years at odds, 80 to one or greater. Mm. It'd be interesting if you maybe shorten that up to like 70 to one or 60 to one. And if you said, okay, I'm going to bet $5 on any horse that has a 70 to one or greater, you know, odd against them Mm -hmm. statistically over time, do you make money? If you live to be a hundred years old, yes. <laughs> <laughs> <No
2: idea>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The house always wins. Right. Um, <laughs> except in these, I mean, sometimes just like the, uh, the NCAA basketball brackets, the upsets
1: come and yep. the surprises come. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a, a fun story. Uh, one of the things I like about stories like this, there's the, the thrill factor, the interest factor, but I also think it just constantly reinforces the the providence factor in life will we'll never in a modernist kind of way, dial in all the variables and make history unfold according to our odds, <laughs> according to our statistics, according to our foresight. Uh, God's always going to throw a rich strike in whenever mm. he feels like it and just reverse na- the narrative because he likes doing that. It's kind of the definition of the redeemed,
2: right? He did not choose the smartest, mm. the strongest, the richest. Yeah. Uh, he did, from the world standpoint, pick the the longest shots. <laughs> um, mm. uh, yep. So, yeah,
1: that's a fun story.
2: Well, Caleb, what yeah. kind of segue do you have for us now? Well, uh, let's let's see. see. He went from, from horse let's to horse. See.
1: What do we got up there? We could go on a flight of fancy. We could look <laughs> at... Uh, our local
2: for the listener, we have a a large war. We're in a war room right now. Yes, yes we, we are. The war room. Um, it's on the porch, and on mm-hmm. the porch, a war room with a with a big board. So, if war if, if you're wondering, as we look for our next article here, if you're mm. wondering what the big board looks like, if you can imagine in the movie War Games when they went into this mm. central central command there underneath uh, was that in Cheyenne, uh, the the big center of yeah. the Air Force. And you imagine the massive wall of screens—that is what we have here. Sort of what's going on, sort of, and just filled, filled with options. Mm. And
1: um, and you're getting to see how we make the sausage just a
0: little Mm -hmm. bit here.
1: Okay, here's a parenting question. Okay, and it's tied into an article. All right, uh, on motherhood deferred. Uh, Interesting statistic just came out that the U.S. median age for giving birth hits thirty. So that's that's a milestone. Right that there. is. Uh, that's amazing. That is amazing. Me, and let's define median. Yes, um, it, you're a statistics guy. Median, define median, mean, and average. Go. Sorry, I've got a massive cough coming on. Uh-huh. Nice try. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: there we go. I see dodging mean. the question when it comes. So half, half, half of pregnancies are greater than age thirty. Half are, mm-hmm. are less than age thirty. And you would think this age would be a lot lower in our country. In, in, in our country so you would that's Mm -hmm. at least i would think so so it's not pregnancies though it's giving birth so oh that's an
0: interesting point um so actual yeah Yeah. because we know with the abortion rates in our country Mm -hmm. they're probably below that 30 year old mark line All right, Mm. majority of them
2: so in a healthy when i say healthy i mean a healthy society that that is meaning by health that the birth rate is outpacing the death rate. So it's a country that's growing mm-hmm. like the opposite of what Japan's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, in that kind of a society, I, my guess would be that, that this, this median age would be on the lower end because you have people getting married right. um, and building families at a younger age and then having children at a younger age, age 30 seems rather high, particularly when you take into the fact uh, into account that, uh, generally speaking, as women get into their forties, um, doctors tend to discourage pregnancies as you get more and more into your mid forties because it just becomes more dangerous statistically mm-hmm. speaking to the mom okay, right so um all right, cool. so
1: have we established the the baseline for for the age here yeah, so th- this is not a good trend, uh, and it has a number of interesting implications uh, as a trickle down effect of that, which means um you know, people are are in these families that are growing up; they're beginning to come of age as their parents enter their fifties, right? Um, it means grandparents are maybe still alive when grandkids are born. The chances of seeing great grandkids starts to fall off a cliff precipitously. So there there's some interesting just generational parenting, grandparenting, discipleship implications for for that kind of a trend. Uh, but I I wanted to maybe spin this a little bit in the solution category as opposed to diagnose the problem category. I had a chance to speak to uh, our church's college career group called Ignite here recently, which I very much enjoyed. And I think a few of them listen to the podcast occasionally. So if you're in Ignite and you're listening, hi, (laughs) thanks for joining (laughs) us. Shout out. Shout out. Uh, one of the questions was, what are some of the relationships to be investing in, in this season of life as we're, we're transitioning and we went through a number of them. Uh, one of the things that I, I encourage them as one of the relationships to invest in is a, a spouse to find, find somebody and get married, um, and and not to wait around as long as our culture says to do that. Um. where, where it'd be interesting to hear some of you guys, especially as fathers, um, and you guys all have daughters that are a little bit ahead of mine, uh, or sons that are ahead of m- mine in approaching that age or in that age. Uh, how would you give counsel to a young person when it is it is a manifest good thing for a young man or woman to grow up and mature, find a spouse, start a family, right? That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. There will be those where, like Paul. Where, nope, not interested, I've got adventures to go on uh, and to make that a conscious choice. I'm not just delaying taking on responsibility, but I've decided to dedicate my life in singleness to this cause. That, that's fine. But for most folks uh, who uh, do not have the gift of singleness, the, the goal would be to shoulder that responsibility as soon as God has prepared you for it. How would you balance, um, that exhortation to get out there, be a godly person, find a godly person, get married and make disciples, um, with. I like get married and make
2: disciples, little disciples. (laughs)
1: Yes.
2: (laughs) A different commission of sorts.
1: Exactly. More more of an early Genesis commission. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, balancing that out with, uh. A desire to see our children have very high standards and expectations for the person that they would marry with, marry and be partnered with, for life with. you know we've all seen too many tragic situations of of marriages that were entered into hastily and foolishly, and the heartache that can ensue. Uh, how do you How do you balance that out and part part of what i'm I'm hearing in the back of my mind is I watched an interesting uh podcast uh, uh this week individual, I don't believe has any connection to the Lord, but has gone viral, particularly in the African-American community of fielding questions, mostly from African-American women about why can't I marry the kind of guy I'm looking for? And, uh, he had one episode in particular where there was a lady saying, Hey, I think I have all this to offer and I'm, I'm shooting for this kind of a upper crusty kind of a guy. And, and he was like, you're average at best. You know, it was just kind of this brutal, uh, <laughs> whoa. Okay. Um, and I don't think I would have handled the conversation the same way he did but what he was trying to say was you you can't wait until you find the perfect person and expect that they're going to want you because you're not the perfect person yeah so there there's a there's a tug back and forth in wanting to have high standards and certain things that we will not compromise on in looking for a spouse but in this culture where so many are paralyzed in general with the fear of missing out, right? That uh, the better option will come along if I wait just a little bit longer, uh, that I think sometimes unrealistic expectations get in the way of what could be wonderful marriages that do develop over time. So how, how do you try to navigate those tensions of go forth and start a household and be careful that you don't do something hastily that hmm. you regret for the rest of your life. Well, there's a certain sequence
2: of events. These things need to happen in order, of course. Um, I, I, First comes love, then comes marriage. Then comes baby <laughs> in the baby carriage. Yeah. Yes, that's right. I, I saw a, um, I saw, a, I don't know if you got a, Caleb, you're on Facebook, right? Mm-hmm. What's that thing called where like the little short videos come up? reels oh man you can burn a lot of time on that if you're not careful Mm -hmm. um but i saw a reels maybe that's what it's called come up and it was a comedian and uh it was pretty funny now i'm not a comedian so i won't do it justice but i think i think he gives us from even from a secular standpoint uh maybe a little bit of insight here and uh the first thing he said he said i want to talk to you to you young young women here in the crowd and he says i I want to something like I want to shoot straight with you because I, I want you to be, I want you to be happy sooner than, than, than I don't want you to have to wait on your happiness. And he basically says, um, um, you're not a princess. And of course there's all this groaning and he says, and, and, and I know that like you all, all of you hope to marry, um, like a rich guy, not going to happen. <laughs> and of course, they're starting to boom. But then he goes into, he's like, what you need to do is you need to marry a real man. He's got this little accent, right? <laughs> he says, a real man that like gets up and goes to work and takes care of his family and loves his kids. And then they all start to say, oh, Aw. right. And um, I mean, it's a real, right? It's super mm-hmm. short. But um, and then he then he says something about it. he's like, and, and, I, and I know some of you girls are like, oh, that's I need that. I need that. And, he's, and I know some of you are saying, but can he, can he please have abs? And he's like, no, no, real men don't have abs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> real men have a keg, right? Like a big gun. So anyway, but the point is, uh, as funny as it was, there is, um, I think you're right, there's this, if we're not careful as parents, and if we're not careful as individuals, there is that, it's a powerful allure of missing out on something, and sometimes, if you're holding out, you don't even see what's right in front of you. And hmm. I don't want to miss out, Nate. I don't want to miss out, Uncle Nate. I don't want to miss out. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, miss out on what? There might be somebody else out. That's true. But if God has placed you in proximity with someone that, is, that has the right and this is very important the right set of qualities and um and i just i think god does that mm-hmm. and and so when the right set of qualities is a key phrase in all of this yeah what is the right set of qualities <laughs> right and and i i think you know there there's going to be various there's going to be some variations on this but my perspective is first and foremost: Does that person love Christ more than mm-hmm. they love you, mm-hmm. um, or more than they could ever love you? That is absolute priority, and um, identify it, that. So, if you, if if from my daughter's, mm-hmm. is this a guy that is more interested in being part of leading you towards becoming a more godly woman? He's more interested in that. Then he's interested in you going to work so you guys can have a great vacation or a boat. Is he more interested in his personal walk with Christ Mm. than he's interested in um, in having a fat 401k or retiring early? I mean, I'm just, I'm picking idols here, Mm. right? Intentionally picking idols. So is he more interested in a household where kids are growing in their love and their knowledge of God's word and their love for Christ, are those his priorities? So a man that is spiritually focused, a man, and and it doesn't mean, and some people are like, oh, well, he sounds like kind of boring. No, there's <laughs> guys, a lot of guys that are spiritually focused are fun to be around, Right. Um, the joy of the Lord comes out of them, but they also have a seriousness to them in the right area. So I'd say that's the first thing. Another critical thing in addition to that, mm-hmm. and, I, and sometimes this is going to be a natural subset, but is this also someone who is who works hard? Now, I tend to think if he's spiritual minded, and he loves Christ, then he's going to take all these issues of character very seriously as well. But, and, but sometimes, you know, these are important things. Somebody that knows how to work hard, somebody knows how to stick with something, somebody who knows how to be committed. Um, there's just all these character qualities, right? Um, and so those are the things that I would say are um, among, not certainly this is not a, a, um, an exhaustive list that I've just provided, but, but issues of character Issues of substance, who this guy is, who does he want to be, and all of that being inf- uh, informed and fueled and fired by his relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. So I've I've monologued there a little bit, Caleb. What are you? You've it's got a daughters. monologue kind of question.
0: Yeah, a little bit. have well, got sons and your daughters. Yeah, we're, we're focused, focused on the
2: daughters right now. We can get to the and sons, sons yeah, in a bit. Yeah, both yeah.
0: are important. Uh, were we focused <laughs> on the
1: daughters? No, uh He did. I did. We yeah. don't have to. Oh, I know you weren't. <laughs> I think I mentioned daughter your first daughter because daughter my so. oldest is a daughter but uh yeah but yeah. yes for our children in general um a similar list for sons by the way <laughs> but a, there are some mm-hmm.
0: differences there but mm-hmm. well, yeah I mean I think you know yeah I obviously Nate, what you were saying I mean you want you want a, a partner that first sure shares the values that you have um that that loves the loves the lord um that's going to push you toward Christ Um, you're not gonna find a lot of that out though unless you actually engage with anybody. And I think that's where we sometimes, you know, some of our our, you know, some young people aren't just don't actually ever try to like I'm not saying you have to date, but like where are people your age hanging out in the church? Like what are they doing? Are they going to ignite? Are you going to ignite? You know, are they uh are they uh, you know, then going to game nights or doing other stuff that might be happening? I you know, you have to you have to do some of those things and I think you have to actually I mean, as a young man, especially, I think you, you need to take some initiative and in saying, hey, I'm not sure, but let me let me pursue this and see if this is somebody that I would want to, you know, want to be be to get to know more. I guess there's little steps there, right? Like, yeah, there's certain things about character you're going you're gonna to get to know a little bit just from from going to church on Sunday or whatever it may be. And then I, mean, I think serving serving together mm. in the church. You learn a lot about each other. Um, I think those are some things that are that are good for, uh, as far as that's concerned, because you want to make sure that, again, you want to make sure you share the values. You want to make sure that you, um, that, yeah, and, and I don't know where else I'm going with all that. Now I'm getting <laughs> that's lost, lost in my thought. To our,
2: to our younger women, too, our ladies, our single women that are out there. <laughs> and our daughters. And mm-hmm. our daughters, I I am, and this is probably just paternal, paternal instinct. I am highly suspicious of interested young men Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) because I was one. Sure. And, and I, and I think, (laughs) I think too, it's, especially for young women, this is where you look for wisdom, not just wisdom within yourself, but uh, Mm -hmm. how you feel about someone. Although I do think women have a powerful instinct about people that's, Pretty amazing sometimes. But you look for wisdom from others. Mm-hmm. What are others saying about this guy that you may be interested in? Because sometimes others, do, they don't have the, the, the emotional mm. filters. And, <coughs> and, and, and pay heed to that. It doesn't mean to say that they're always right. But just this, apart from your commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ, your life partner is your single biggest decision that you'll make. So it's an Mm -hmm. important one not to be rushed into, but I think to, you know, looking at the premise of this entire segment, it's also something that you don't want to punt off indefinitely. Oh, I'll find him after I've done my career or after, and and guys will do this too. I don't have time for, Mm -hmm. for, to be married because I'm just too busy. I've got too much going on. I've, I'm in the throes of my career. I'm getting my my second or third master's degree, mm-hmm. you know, all this different stuff. Yeah. By the way, there are certain jobs that um, you ought to know um, will destroy your marriage. Uh, <laughs> yes. And that should factor into your career choices. Yes. I, I was headed in that direction at one point in my career, heading into a field that, um, and I was married too, although we didn't have kids yet. Um, but Nita and I, we went into it, I'd say eyes wide open, but as we went through the process of the vetting and all this different stuff you have to go through and saw, wow, everyone that I am working with that that, through this Mm. process that's in this world are on their like their second, third marriage or no marriage at all Mm -hmm. anymore. So that factors in, right? Mm -hmm. If you're going to be a Navy SEAL or something and that's your thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, you you may you may you may need to to think about you know, pulling up pulling the woman you love into that world. Mm-hmm. Um, but but having said all of that, I think um, you know there's there's clearly uh, this is an important decision for people to make. Something that I've become more sensitive to um, since having come here to this church, by the way. Um, is, I don't want to say that I w- had a different opinion. I just hadn't really thought it through much because my kids were young. Is the idea that date, dating with purpose mm. as opposed to dating for fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, group dating, sure, you know, have that. It's how you get to know people. But sometimes you see kids, uh, somebody, one of my, uh, who was it? Might even one of Mandy's friends was talking, to, or she was telling mm. us, like, these two are boyfriend, girlfriend. And, and, and our natural response to Mandy, who's 11, we're like, <laughs> Well, that's dumb. They can't get married till like whenever, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Yeah. What do you mean they're dating? First of all, they're, you're barely mature enough to carry on a normal <laughs> friendship at that age, let alone yeah. a romantic one. This all yep. end well. So uh, yeah. anyway, back to, back to getting us on task here. There's, to your point, part of why we're here on earth, the greatest part, I think, the, one of the greatest parts of being a, a, a Christian Is the way that we can display Christ's love and God's plan within, within a marriage and within Mm -hmm. a family. And, 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 and and that is on display. It's like, it's in some ways it's the hardest and it's probably one of the more powerful testimonies that you'll have to your neighbors, to people that your kids go to school with, um, people that your kids are on sports teams with or whatever orchestra with, Mm -hmm. um, so now that, that's not to say that God calls everyone into marriage, but I, I would no. say just looking around me, it seems like
1: he calls most,
2: not that, all, but that most. Is,
1: that is the norm, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So, which doesn't make the abnormal somehow inferior. No. Right? right. Paul was like, you losers can't wish you could all be like me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. single is awesome. Yeah. But he was also the guy that taught us more in the New Testament about marriage than anybody else mm-hmm. because it's, it's the norm. Mm-hmm. And, and for most of our children, that's what it'll be. I think some people who punt, punt the notion of marriage
2: because they have other priorities for the here and now. Mm-hmm. Um, you see this a lot in the secular world, by the way, this idea that if a woman is, gets married, that somehow she's ruined her prospects. Um, you know, I guess it depends who she married, but, but the fact that marriage is synonymous with ruining your potential, I think. Is an absolute lie. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, uh, marriage often expands people's prospects mm-hmm. because now you're not just pulling on your own. You're pulling with someone. And it's not just you and them. It's you, them, and the Lord. It's mm-hmm. like you are now in a, in an, in a <clears throat> completely new uh, state that mm-hmm. you are not pulling alone anymore. You have someone that is pulling with you and has your back in a way that no one ever has and no one else, no one else ever will. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a lie of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing um, that's, that's important, and I got to say, I'm, I'm kind of evolving on this too, because I've had mm-hmm. a couple of relatives get married very young. And, and I'm not used to that at all. Like, what's, very, <laughs> what's very young to you? Like not out of college yet. Okay. Strikes me as very young. I got right? married very young. So, Culturally,
1: yes. Historically, not no, so much. Not really,
0: it's kind of, kind <laughs> yes. of old. Actually. Yeah,
2: but you have no income. So that's kind mm. of my. It's kind of how you I,
0: do have I, income. You can't have income if you're in, if you're in college. There go. No, <laughs> so if you're that age, Let sure. them have it, Caleb. Well, you're that,
2: Depends what kind of college you're doing. You're, if you're in college and generally, you're working? generally speaking you don't you don't have enough income to cover your own needs let alone others now That's by the way not, true. Uh, <laughs> I'm, not just, anymore. I'm saying <laughs> well, we got a live one here we go i'm saying i'm evolving on this cuz okay. i have relatives that are in the process of okay. doing this okay. mm-hmm. but it's certainly not easy um true would i recommend it probably not but again i it depends on I, the situation i'd
0: recommend it over having a really long engagement going, Hey, yeah, I'm really interested in you and let's be engaged for four years while I finish school. And then, Oh yeah, I didn't quite get it done in four years. So now it's going to be five or six. And then, well, I don't have the job yet. And I think that those things are, that's just dangerous. Uh, and uh, so I, I would, yeah, I would recommend it re- instead of that doing it together. Yeah,
2: I don't know that I would pick the ex the opposite <laughs> you picked is like, The thing to bounce off of, but (laughs) um, let's put it this way: Had I been married Mm at nineteen or Mm twenty, the level of immaturity within my heart was so profound (laughs) that it would have made my marriage those early years of marriage much more difficult for me. So, uh, and 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 what Mm -hmm. I as I reflect on, my goodness, like if I had. I might've just been more, 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 immature than, than most guys. I don't know. But, but, um, the point being as a guy, if you're entering into marriage, are you, are you at a level, at least in some capacity, a maturity level mm-hmm. that you can sincerely lead, right? Cause they, mm-hmm. someone's got to lead. And so that's a big question. Um, and and then and then for young women, are you are you of a at a level of maturity that that you can enter into a relationship that is inherently defined by selflessness? Not to say that you're ever going to be unselfish, but most of us are still even at our ages, sure, still crucifying the selfish flesh, yeah, on a daily basis. But I think. Generally speaking, most teens I know, even teens of an older uh, strata, you listen and you, you ask questions and you listen to the answers and you're like, well, well you know, sounds like every other team, monumentally selfish. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but again, everyone's maturity level is going to vary spiritually, et cetera.
0: So, so my, my, my word to our young men is grow up. Like it's two words, marriage is, yes. well, yeah. Right. My, my, my my word, as in, yes, like my not in, Bolivia. in Bolivia My it's, advice, yes. it's like Word, grow up, grow, up. Yeah, grow, <laughs> grow. No, my, but no, but but grow up. I and mean, that yeah. doesn't mean that you're uh, that you're. Um, I don't know what that is. I'm, yeah, I Slid underneath your door here, oh. but anyway, um, you know, it, we're being evicted. I, is it I, I think well, you're you're the never world. to some degree. W- there's always more maturing to do, and so I get what Great. you're saying, but. You know, I know guys that are my age and older that that you know if I said, "Hey, you got to wait till you're mature enough, probably shouldn't be married right so and that, and they are but uh but you know g- grow up young men grow up and if you if you can work hard to provide for a family, that's when you can start thinking about it and that I mean that's what we tell our, our young men too is yeah obviously the whole dating thing and getting you know getting out there that's for when you're ready right when you're ready mm-hmm. to be a you could support a family and and uh, not just a wife but but kids right because no yep. matter how you think that you're you might not have children nothing's a guarantee right so there's even if you're God. using yeah <laughs> right even if you're using birth control and all sorts of other things yep. there's, there's, there's 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 just there's a chance you could end up you know uh with with more than just you and your wife right and and you need to be able to provide should be a blessing no you need to be able to love and to provide you don't need to necessarily be able to provide everything you know, to the standard yeah, that you don't need somebody to else has, what the online guidelines say. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yes. If and 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 so then, young women, if you're looking for a level of provision, quote unquote provision, that is beyond what that young man is going to be able to provide you, then you need to either reevaluate what you think is a need, or you or you probably need to wait. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, when you move
2: out of your parents' house, you do not do not expect to move into the same standard of living kind of house, right? Your parents didn't start there. Most of us, in fact, when you start, uh, and this is an unfortunate artifact of, of our time, right? Um, Most people are starting from scratch every Mm -hmm. generation, right? That's Mm -hmm. the, that's kind of how things go. Um, So yeah, you're going to start, you're going to start out poor and that's not a reason to not start by the way, because you're going to start there pretty much no matter what. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, I think, I think, you know, Chris, I keep trying to keep in mind how you set this up. Mm-hmm. If you are waiting till you feel ready, you will never be ready because none of us ever feel ready for anything. Right. Um, but okay. I do, you know, there are levels to your point, Caleb, if, 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 you know, for young men that might be listening, if you're profoundly immature, and by that, I don't mean like the guy that jokes around all the time, but that's not the, mat- mm-hmm. but if you're a guy that can, can handle responsibility. Mm hmm. That a guy that does not shy away from responsibility, getting things done. You take your word seriously. We're talking about character issues here. You're a guy Mm -hmm. that takes your own spiritual walk seriously. Doesn't mean that you've arrived because none of us will arrive completely in this life. Mm -hmm. Um, But if, you know, you probably have the stuff That it takes to, to enter into a a serious relationship and, and the same for the young ladies. I mean, if you can manage, if you're managing what God's given you in terms of who you are now, the job you have now, the educational responsibilities you Mm -hmm. have now, the spiritual responsibilities you have now, if you are managing those, not perfectly, but in a way that the people around you can, can, can speak into that and say, you know what, you probably have the maturity Mm-hmm. Uh, to enter into a serious relationship, yeah. then that, that's probably what it's, that, those are important things. Um, I'd say important, important prequals, prequalifications. Yeah. Uh, but, but if you're the sort of person that you can't even manage a, a normal friendship, mm-hmm. don't go screw up something.
1: don't go
0: mess well, somebody well, up. Yeah. And, you know? and, and I, I mean, yeah, it, I think anybody who's planning on entering into marriage, you have to have some of your, your plans held a bit loosely in the sense that, you know, if, if a young lady who's thinking she's going to be a, you know, I don't know, just can make up something. So that I don't act like I'm actually talking about my, my, my daughter or something like that. <laughs> so hypothetically speaking, if you were planning on going into, uh, <laughs> criminal justice, no, just kidding. <laughs> no, no, you're not. No, but <laughs> no, if you're planning on being a, you know, if you're planning on being a doctor or something like that, and, and, you know, that is what you know, your life's passion is. And that's what you're doing, and, you know, and you're going to school for it and you meet this wonderful young man, just, you have to know that you may, you may be, be, well, you, well, you will be wife and mother. And and biblically, yeah. if you're gonna, you're gonna hold to kind of that your uh, our what we would believe is at least a biblical worldview, there's there's roles in in that, right? And that, yeah. that there's the your husband is going to lead and hopefully be the primary provider. Doesn't mean it always yeah. ends up being that way. Linda made more well, than I did when we got married. So, you know. But it yes, doesn't right. mean that I didn't work. I worked hard mm-hmm. and you know.
1: Um so Yeah. Well, and or a bit of advice my mother gave me when we were talking about uh, the young lady who is now my wife. And I was saying, oh, but that's just not possible because she's way out of my league and she has these amazing plans of all these things that uh, she's hoping to do with her life that are involving all these international things and translation and around Mm -hmm. the world and missions. And and I'm pretty sure that's not what God's calling me to. I think God's given me the desire to stay and, and grow here and to serve here and and she just kind of, I think, we doing the dishes together at the time. She sort of turned off the water and looked at me and said, "You realize, son, that every man who's ever asked a woman to marry him has asked for the right to interrupt her plans."
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, well you know. said. That's well and said. Uh, that was
1: good counsel. And yes, <laughs> those, those things do
0: have to be held loosely. Uh, so yeah, you you build your life together once you're married. And so if you think, oh, I've got my yes. thing and he's got his thing, and oh, somehow we'll just coexist together. That's not marriage, and that's not how it's supposed to no. be. A uh, marriage it's not is becoming completed. One. People, you know, that have their own separate strategies
1: that coexist well. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think too important again expectations are
2: are important, and and you need to make sure your expectations are focused on the right areas. Right? Some people, um, and and I we saw this when we lived in California. You'd see young couples get married, and their whole plan hinged on basically living with mom and dad indefinitely because it's expensive. And then when kids came along, they couldn't afford Mm. for either one of them to not work. So it was like, then the grandparents are raising the kids and it's kind of like,
1: yeah or didn't think uh, they could afford that was that's it's amazing so, what you can afford if you decide you have to that's yes. right and, and if you need to move <laughs> so, if you need to move yep. you
2: know that factors in'' cause, mm-hmm. cause, but it, it is interesting to see in certain areas, especially areas that are extremely expensive or or in certain areas when we lived in Seattle, mm-hmm. young couples that like the the whole idea of when they wanted kids but it sounded you know they pretty much found someone else to raise the kids during the day. Cause they both were working mm-hmm. right. and they both had to work in order to pay for the, the rent and all there, there's certain situations like that. It's like, this is, this is not, it's not healthy mm-hmm. and it's not healthy for your, for you, either one of you in as individuals. Um It's not healthy for your kids. The other thing too, that is different. And I, and I, boy, I feel for people that are starting out because our area has gotten extremely expensive too lately. Mm-hmm.
0: But not undoable. And I think you but, know, but people who have to work gonna, so
2: much that they never see each other. That's a challenge too. Yeah. Um, you know, in order to in order to pay their rent.
0: You're not gonna you know, you're not gonna go find the nicest apartment somewhere, but you right. might find, you know, um and you you know mm-hmm. in Spokane you can still find mm-hmm. an, an affordable apartment. I've lived those um, places. You can survive. Yeah. Oh, I well, we've I've lived in some dumps. Sketch. Yeah. yeah <laughs> maybe a little bit, but I mean, sleep on I don't the floor because of the bullets coming through the walls. Yeah. You no. don't. Ha- you don't have to move to Hilliard necessarily no. <laughs> as a, a young married couple in, 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 uh, in Spokane. Yeah. Um. You know there are there are places you might have to look around a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You might have to be willing to give up the the pool and the and the you know <laughs> the gym or whatever. That's well. In, you'll be working so much
2: you won't even have time. To use that's, the pool, so don't exactly worry about those right. amenities. So, yeah, the, the, there are, but it is it is interesting about. Um, I think where we stick, <laughs> keep trying to baseline here, where we start out mm-hmm. about our society views marriage more and more, and, and and I think it's a deceitful, it's a misguided view. Maybe mm-hmm. it's overtly dishonest. Maybe it's just un, misunderstood. Views marriage is. It's certainly something to do later. Do it later. Having children later. And, uh, and actually, our society doesn't even respect that sequence. You know? Have, Sure. Move in together, unmarried, uh, no commitment, move in together for financial reasons. Oh, if a baby comes along... Fine. You know, then, then maybe you consider marriage. I mean, the world has this thing completely jacked yeah. up
1: in terms of what comes first. It's a sentimental bow to put on a successful life with somebody that makes you happy.
2: Mm-hmm. And, and I think when we look at it as believers, uh, there's a few things that are, scripture is clearly prioritized in our lives. One, to love the Lord your God with everything you have. And everything that you are as a person, everything he's given to you, there's nothing that you have that he didn't give you. So love the Lord with all of that. That's a priority. Love your neighbor as yourself, clearly a priority. And you enter into marriage and suddenly you're loving your spouse as you love yourself as well. They're your priority. Um, The children are your priority. Nowhere in this list is your career potential and your career options. Nowhere in this list is your retirement goals, Nowhere in your list are all these other things that if you look at the world, those are their priorities. I'm not saying these are evil things, um, but there certainly aren't top five, top tens. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and so I think as, as believers, those are the key things uh, for, for, for us to keep in mind that part of our testimony of God has called you to singleness. He's called you to a unique gifting and, and in some cases a unique ministry life of ministry that the rest of us couldn't actually do. Um, Probably not anyway. Um, But for the the many of us where God has called, hasn't called us into a life of singleness, um, your testimony, your relationship with your spouse, your relationship with your children becomes a, in a way, a focal point of your testimony in the community and a focal point of the way God uh, sanctifies you and grows you and matures you. Um, and it's extremely important, and it's not a burden, is it? Does that mean it's easy? Of course not. It's not easy, but it's something that's like just becomes this tremendous jewel, treasure, um, and something that is a unique testimony in in the world
1: today. And so, kind of, yeah, taking that and, and kind of spinning it back then to young people who are saying, "Okay, what am I looking for, and how do I know this is worth pursuing?" I I think we we steer away from those external markers that are most enamoring to our flesh and to our culture. Um, To my sons, for example, you're not looking primarily at a person um, because they're the person everybody else wants, right? There's the competitive appeal. You're not looking at them uh, primarily because of of the sexual appeal. You're not looking at them... um, through through this lens of what our culture says now there's a catch right what you're looking for is is this a young lady who independently has an affection for Christ that dominates her life and what that means is do you see her doing those things that feed her love for Christ when she doesn't feel like it and when her peers won't do it with her like does she does she have those those characteristics in her life? Do you see her wanting to go to church when her friends instead say, I wanna go and get coffee? Do you see her um, turning to wise counsel when when the people around her are just like, oh, just do this thing that feels really good instead? Um, do you see her spending mm. time developing uh, spiritual maturity when when others are just engrossed in media and entertainment and, mm. and just vegging, watch, watch for that mm. characteristic out flowing from that characteristic does she, as a person who loves Christ, is she very excited and in love with God's design for what it means to be a woman? Mm. Does she celebrate that and how she talks and how she dresses and what she engages in and invests in? Is Is there a desire to figure out what's the closest I can get to my culture's definition and still be acceptable in the church? Or is there a, I want to be as much of a woman as I can possibly be because I love God's design. And one of the ways that you'll see that work out is God's called women to fill things with life, right? That's why, you know, Eve, the mother of all the the, the living, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and not just through childbearing, uh, though what a precious gift that is to, to womankind, um, but in all that women do, there is a life giving and, and glory incarnating aspect to that. Is that what she's known for? Because the opposite will be on display if it's not, does she suck the life out of places she goes with a critical spirit and, mm-hmm. and as somebody who's always using her tongue to snip people down and, and you might be her confidant, the person that she can tell all of her mm-hmm. rant, to. And that makes you feel special because you know, you're her special, special place, but at some point you need to realize if she walks through a garden, everything within 10 feet is wilted, mm. <laughs> you know, after, uh, or does she walk through a, a wasteland and leaves a garden behind her? Is she that kind of a person? If, if you spot that, mm. um, that is the person who's the trajectory of her life. She will be more and more lovely year after year after year mm. after year. Uh, doesn't matter the, the accomplishments she's achieved and the status she has. Now that is a woman to spend a lifetime with, Mm. uh, on the flip side, if to my, you know, my daughters, what are you looking for? Same thing for the first one, right? A man who loves God independently, Mm. according to those, to the same test, does he do what feeds his soul and feeds his affection for Christ when he doesn't feel like it and when his peers won't do it with him? And if you spot that, that's the most important thing. And I would add maybe something here that I think uniquely is important to men And that is, has he ever been fundamentally humbled in life? Mm -mm. Every godly man I've known Mm. has at some point had not just a generic attitude of humility, but there has been some point of reckoning with his maker in a way that has broken his pride. Not that he doesn't ever struggle with it again, but there's been some kind of Mm. fundamental humbling that has taken place. And you can just tell when someone's experienced that. You can tell a young fool who's still full of himself. And often it's through suffering. Uh, Sometimes it is just through learning truth and reflecting on it. But you can just tell when they realize how unworthy they are and how great (laughs) God is. And their life all of a sudden becomes based on grace and not based on their own strength. Because the glory of young men is their strength. And so men are uniquely tempted in that. So I would add that as a unique factor. And then you want to add is he excited and loves God designed Mm -hmm. for a man? And does he express that by constantly shouldering up underneath responsibilities? Uh, the, the, the opposite side of that coin, just like, you know, with women, do they fill it with life or do they suck all the life out? Is this a young man who's characterized by responsibility or by irresponsibility, Mm. right? And that can be irresponsible with his words, uh, with his humor, with his pastimes, um, with not following through on commitments that God has put into his life. Or is this a, is this the young man who seems to always be in the thick of wherever the work needs to be be getting done. Hmm. And he's doing it and he's doing it faithfully. And if you find that kind of man, um, even if he's not yet this spiritual sage, right? Even if he's not yet accomplished, doesn't wear the right clothes and doesn't drive have have the right car and doesn't have the right paycheck and doesn't live in the right house, that is the trajectory of a man who who will be more and more satisfying to follow because he'll be coming more and more like the Savior uh, year after year after year. And so if you're a young woman and you spot a man like that, uh, that's a a good relationship to consider pursuing. There's also the subjective element. If someone just bugs the snot out of you, then (laughs) it's not God's will for you to marry them yet, right? Uh, Because marriage is a gift. He doesn't curse you with marriages that are gifts from his hand. Now we may take for ourselves a curse because we were not willing to wait for him to give us a gift, Mm. but God does not give the gift of a marriage that is a curse in disguise. And so, yeah, if you're like, you know, that seems like a really wonderful person. She'll make a great wife or somebody someday. I just really don't enjoy being around that person. That's okay. The great sister, love the Lord together. Don't feel like, oh no, she checks the box. Now I have to marry her. But if there's an if there's a desire, if there's an interest there, and you see those non-negotiable markers of spiritual trajectory, th- then then there's not a lot of good reasons to wait. Uh, once you find yourself in a position where you can shoulder up those responsibilities, and if you're wondering, well, then what am I supposed to be doing in the meantime? Be those attributes be, the other person's yes. looking for. <laughs> I, you
2: know, I had a chance to spend just a, a little bit of time with Ignite a month ago or whatever it was. And that was one of the themes that came out of the conversation
1: Mm.
2: was if, if there are areas that, you know, you need to grow, look Mm -hmm. around you and, and do you, when you look, there's whoever you hang out with, you, you are going to become like them. Mm -hmm. And and, uh, it's just the nature of. Uh, iron sharpens iron, and it doesn't always sharpen either. Right? <laughs> if you're hanging out with dull, dull headed people, you will become dull as well. That's <laughs> yeah. right. Um, but and that's another thing. Too, yeah, just surround yourself with with people that you want to be like. Mm-hmm. And as you as you pursue relationships with people, uh, another thing too, I think is interesting. Is look around you and, and look at the people around you that you would like. You see, not that anyone's perfect, but you see elements of their life, elements of their family. You're like, I would like to be like that. And then bird dog them because you want to hang out with that. If you're a guy, you want to hang out with that guy on some level. Now, people like that are often very busy. Because they're in a stage of life that it, by the way, it just gets busier until all the kids are out. (laughs) And then all of a sudden people are like, wow, I actually have time again. But, but if you, if you want to be a certain way, then you need to hang around people. Now don't expect perfection because it doesn't exist. The more you hang out with people, the more you realize, oh, they're, you know, they're They're people, they're normal people, (laughs) um, but I think there's just the best a, of people. Hopefully, people there's, at some, best. Yeah, hopefully <laughs> there's some wisdom in there for our young people that it, mm-hmm. it, it reminds me, I, I might've shared with you guys, there was a guy in college, uh, I'll leave out his name. Um, uh, a real character though. And, mm-hmm. uh, he used to talk, he was always talking about, about Herbert. Herbert sounds Herbert's like a good character right. name. Oh, he'd be so mad if we, <laughs> if he knew I called him a Herbert, but he, uh, yeah, Herbert will call him. He would, uh, he was a few years older than the rest of us. Like he started college a little late and he would always be talking about, you know, the, wo- the woman I'm going to marry and man, he would just describe this <laughs> stellar lady. And then because you're in college <laughs> and everybody enjoys ribbing each other, we're like, man, you ever meet her? She'd never marry you. you know? <laughs> so, but there's something to be said for that. If you, if you mm-hmm. want, if you really aspire to have top shelf top-tier people be interested in you, you need to step up your game. And by stepping up your game, that doesn't mean go get a better job, get a fancier car. None of that junk matters. Step up your game by really take your walk with the Lord seriously Mm. and and strive, lean into becoming a person, the the man of character, the man of God, that if you actually met the stellar woman that you would dream of giving your life to... That she'd be interested in you too, like you. you know, everyone yeah. says try to marry up. Um, you know, know. It, different ways to take that. I wanted to ask you: Have you ever considered too for the for the gentleman out there mm. as a litmus test, waiting for a woman to come up and ask if she can give you water and water your camels?
1: <laughs> is that is that ever
2: worked its way into? I think if that ever criteria.
1: happens, you just you put a rock on it right there, and then you just say this is clearly.
2: And you better have the jewels, yeah. what was the servant's name? it was it was I'm trying to remember the details of that by the for those of you who don't know, we're talking about <laughs> an old Testament story here yeah of um Abraham sent his servant to find Isaac, a wife right, and he sent him back to the old hometown, yep um and and I th- the servant didn't want to mess it up
1: biggest biggest assignment I'm sure he'd ever had uh, he gets no there. pressure but this child's going to be the father of a nation that's right he needs a wife go pick well so he gets
2: there and uh, he prays you know Lord you know give me a sign and the sign that he asked for was that uh, whoever comes up and asks to give me water and water my camels
1: and God Not worked very it chivalrous, all out. right? you just imagine this guy standing by watching <laughs> this poor young lady lug water right. And he might be thinking, wow, this is great. And the whole time she's thinking, what a jerk. <laughs> Help me water these camels. are yours. Well, when he broke out all the gifts, right, that <laughs> probably, probably helped yeah. later okay. on with okay. the okay. father.
2: Yeah. All right. Well, okay. um, man, we, we filled every bit of this. i Sorry, we were trying to give
1: you a short show. No, this you've better. you've been up for like days. <clears throat> it was a good chat. Yeah.
0: Yeah, good job. Yeah.
1: Thank you. And I am thankful for our, our young men and women in our church that are taking these things seriously and are desiring to honor the Lord um yeah, I, I I am jealous for their futures. Um, not not just the generation they will raise, but how how much of a blessing is it if there is one, two, three, four generations mm-hmm. that can all coexist and that uh the amount of surface area you have in contact with the faithfulness of God over time Ooh. when when you're willing to invest in a family as your great life's work and start <laughs> early. Mm-hmm. You cannot get that back later. Mm. Uh, that is not something that can be re, reclaimed. And for those who kind of see marriage as a thing to do after they've established their life's work, instead of realizing that their household is their yes. life's work, yeah. um, that reframing that is that's the recipe for joy in old age. Mm-hmm. I, in my uh, professional world, but
2: doing coaching for people in my industry, uh, one of the things that we touch on in that process is don't hold this too tightly. Take your work seriously. Mm. You need to. uh, Because if you don't take it seriously, no one will take you seriously in your work. True. Um, Take it seriously, approach it with joy, be the kind of person everyone wants on their team, not just because you're good, but because you're easy to work with. But a big part of this too is, and keep in mind, six months after you leave this company, nobody cares that you were ever here. And, uh, and, and that's not meant to mm-hmm. demean people. It's meant to get your eyes back on the yeah. priorities. Perspective. That uh, when people are lying on their deathbed, they're not saying, oh, I'd wished I'd worked more. I wish I got that promotion to whatever management. <laughs> um, no, the, the regrets that people have are often related to the relationships that they failed to invest in, mm. often related to the families that they failed to cherish. Mm. Those are the things yeah. Uh, those are the greatest regrets. And they also can be the greatest joys for the people that are sitting there or laying there on their deathbed and they're looking around, if if God has blessed them with this, they're looking around at the, at that point prayerfully, the generations of, of people that came from their, from their household and the generations of people, Lord willing, that love God, uh, generations of people that uh, are generous um, that have good character. I mean, that is your legacy, and the reality. And I find this interesting, and I'll, I'll hand this off to you to close here, Caleb, in a sec. <clears throat> I list. I was at a out in the in the field recently, and one of the guys I was talking to, he said, "Hey," and this is a a, a massive one of the world's largest companies, and one of the guys I'm working with there, uh, he says, "Hey, I just saw our former CEO um, out there." I said, like, "Oh, really? Well-known person." Hmm. And I said, that's, I didn't, I didn't know he still came around. He's like, yeah, he came into, he had something he was doing. And um, what's interesting is in terms of the world, the world's equation, this guy had achieved, this former CEO achieved everything. Very generous person too. I think he's a person of character Mm -hmm. from what I, from what I've heard, very generous with, with his bounty, shall we say. Um, But Mike, the guy I was talking to was the only person that recognized him. And for a time, this guy, you know, was king of the king of the hill. So I just go back to your family and your relationships in Christ, um, your discipleship opportunities, your ministry opportunities. Those are the things that will last the I'm not diminishing career, but keep it in perspective. It's just a gig. (laughs) It's just a gig and a mission field, but the work itself isn't the thing that uh, you're going to be
0: remembered for. Said. Well said. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know if I have anything. But you should have just closed it.
1: <laughs> and, 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 we,
0: and we bid you adieu. <laughs> thank you for tuning in. Uh, yes. Bombadilsporch.com. Yeah. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> we do thank you for joining us on Bombadils Porch. Uh, we hope that uh, you've enjoyed your hour and 11 and a half minutes with us. And uh, thank you for joining us. I uh, hope you will uh, join us again next time, um, and uh, you may send us a message. Um, at uh, whoa, where am I going with this? Uh, you can send us an <laughs> email to balmadillsporch dot uh, gmail dot com mm-hmm. rather, um, or visit our website where you can leave us a voicemail. And that is bombadilsporch.com. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to know what you'd like for us to talk about as well. If you've got something specific or if you'd like to join us in the porch, we'd love uh, to have you on as well. So uh, bear those things in mind. And with that, we say adieu.